0: Hey beauties, welcome to the Yoga Revealed podcast. My name is Bryant Wood, your honorary host this week. Um, I got interviewed by Alec a couple weeks ago. Please go check that out. And I was so inspired by what he was sharing in that short amount of time. I wanted to ask him questions personally, and we get to do that. So stay tuned for this whole hour where we get to dive into how yoga revealed itself to him throughout his life, some golden nuggets and some fun questions at the end. I'm so honored to be here. So grateful to be a part of the family with all of you. And again, this is Yoga Revealed Podcast. Welcome to the Yoga Revealed Podcast. My name is Brian Wood, and I have the honor to interview Alec, the founder, the director, the person that's bringing this home. Um, Alec, we're so honored to have have you on here on Yoga Reveal. The whole audience knows you intimately, but... Do they know your story? That's the question. You interviewed me two weeks ago and every touch point that we had, every intention that you set was so heart opening Mm. and grounding Mm. and specific and masterful that I was like, I have so many questions for you. (laughs) Like I've gotten, I've truly gotten to sit with, you know, masters from around the world. Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, um, Deepak Chopra, like all these beautiful, Mm. incredibly... Intelligent, high vibrational beings. And when I met you, I was like, "You are the new age. You are the new age liberation. You're holding so many codes, like, you, and also like, I. I okay, we're gonna just get, we're just gonna get right into it. So everyone, this is Alec. Um, can't can't wait for all us to all of us to get to know him even better. So mm. Alec, when was yoga first revealed to you?
1: First off, wow, <laughs> my heart is like in expansion right now and I'm so grateful that we're connected and uh, that we're here and our listeners. Thank you for inviting me to be interviewed by you and it, that's never happened and I'm just, I'm all reflected. Love, you. Oh my God, oneness. It's so beautiful. Okay, so how is Yoga First revealed to me? Well, there's a little pre-context. So in high school, I grew up in Kentucky, and my mom would always ask me to go to yoga. I literally said to her, yoga's for girls. I'm not interested. And then two years later, I was at CU Boulder, and I was studying Chinese. And my best friend, Kiefer, I got a major, a double major in Chinese and Asian studies from CU Boulder. Not many people know that about me. I was oh, amazing. <laughs> being a translator for the UN. Like, that was my path. I was like, I, and I was good at Chinese. Like, and if you know language, I had, I had memorized over 3,500 characters and I was freaking good. I had straight A's. And Can
0: you give us a little bit of
1: Chinese? What uh, I need, I love you. Um, well, you were one of my good friends or something. I don't know. It's been a long time, but I was once upon a time. That was like less than, that was over 10 years ago. So I haven't really studied in 10 years, but anyhow. Um, it's my senior, my sophomore year of college, and Kiefer just calls me up. Kiefer Avi, still one of my best friends to this day. And he's like, Alec, let's go to the yoga class on the hill. It's a core power class. It's, it's a good one. Let's, let's go check it out. And I was like, I'm not really interested. He was like, dude, it's college. Try a new thing. And I was like, okay, fine. So I go. Disclosure. I take a bong rip. And then I go. First off, I will. I told myself I'm never doing that again. Taking a bong rick of before this yoga class because that was like the hardest thing in the entire world. And uh, for the yoga teachers in the in the and list listening on the podcast, I was in that room and I was a fire that needed to be put out. I had no awareness of my of my body in space. I was like waiting to hurt myself. And something happened in that first hour when I just knew. Was really elevated, but I just knew that I found the missing link that was going to bring me closer to myself because having grown up in high school in Kentucky. With you know, 40 people in my class for the first 13 years, I was held back a grade. It wasn't really safe to feel what you feel. And it wasn't safe to be a man and to express myself in an emotional capacity in a way. And I noticed in that first yoga class, I, it was safe to feel. And I'll just finish this part of the question. At the end of the class, Shavasana, right? And then come to setting up everyone put their hands to their heart and they did this crazy thing where they started making a sound out of their mouth, like an Ohm. And I wanted to run the other direction and I didn't want to put my hands to my heart. Whoa. (laughs) I was willing to lean into that because now I'm chanting every day and I bring my hands to my heart as a sign of love of the divinity I can see in myself. And when I really check in into presence, I can see that with you too. So that's how yoga was first revealed to me, man.
0: <laughs> um, So beautiful. And there's so much grounded wisdom in that. One of the most inspiring conversations we had is when you reference the retreats that you do once a year, these mm-hmm. trainings that you take and mind you, I have, I, w- I would like to preference, preference this as Alec has found a way to bust loose from the matrix that is life. Mm. Anyone that can be completely present for a month, month with whatever they're doing has figured out something that we have a lot to learn from. So please,
1: mm. please dive into it. Wow. Okay. So shortly after that first practice, that core power yoga on the Hill, they, you know, I was like, I want to be, I want to be one of those people. I'm, I'm so inspired by these yoga teachers who are, I mean, I get, I get chills, like chicken skin, as they say in Hawaii, because I, I saw these people leading other humans through navigating this inner working of mind, body, soul. It was so new, The learning the chakras and spirituality at the hub of Boulder, Colorado, like a mecca of yoga in America. And I was like, all right, let's go. I want it. I want to experience it. Let's, let's go. So I signed up for these first trainings. Like it was just a yogi training. It was like, you know, maybe like, I don't know, 50 hours in a couple of weeks or something, not much. And uh, I, I got one-on-one attention from um, a coach, right? A yoga teacher. And, and I became cl- very close with that man over the next several years of my life. Um, his name is Richie Jai. And soon after that, I was like, I, I want to teach. So I took this teacher training, Core Power Yoga, And I remember in that first training 10 years ago, nine years, nine years ago. Yeah. Nine years ago, South Boulder core power yoga in the moon room. They sent out us, they gave us this notepad. I still have this note card rather. And like, why are you here? What do you want to, why do you want to be here? And I wrote down my why. And a part of that why was to own at the time a core power yoga branch, but that is very much evolved, right? I want my own, thing and it will happen one day in its own divine time my own shala my own studio space i have my own vision it's very much separated from what core power yoga is never forget where you come from i'm so grateful for what core power yoga has taught me and also i have moved in my own direction of studying a depth of different lineage which answers this question in that first training i saw the importance of the student and teacher relationship I was learning from all these different teachers in Boulder, Colorado, right? Going from teacher to teacher, class to class. And in that first training, I just, I felt this, how am I supposed to teach this? This is one training. Like, I don't know anything. I wanna know more, I wanna learn more, I wanna study more. So I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna take one training per year for the next 10 years. I made a promise to myself. I had no idea the magnitude of that promise. Financially, what it would mean. Energetically, what it would demand. And the insight that would absorb into my cells for me to move through my limiting facade of what I thought reality was and into how I can unify mind, body, soul, and yoke the experience of yoga through the lens that I was seeing these different teachers teach yoga of their experience for me to do the same. So I committed to that. And it went from, you know, power vinyasa yoga for a couple trainings into ashtanga yoga for a couple trainings, a couple years into where I am now with Iyengar inspired approach um, through yoga on the inside, as my teacher Eddie and Kristen Bastilles call what we practice, it's it's the yoga on the inside. So, I just saw this iceberg of of yoga, Brian, and I wanted to tackle it, knowing that it literally I love, goes love to that cosmos. It, it, it's an infinite, iceberg. Yeah, it's an iceberg of insight and knowledge and. You know, we look at these great teachers that you've studied with, and they're the same. You know, they're constantly invested in svadhyaya—that self-study—and I find that that's so important, especially when it comes to the student-teacher relationship and holding that. Hmm. So, yeah, I want to
0: acknowledge you for—I wanted to acknowledge you for your willingness to transform and to say yes to other lineages of study. It was hard Um, because I it's hard. And I believe that just like the seasons, we outgrow some of our practices and we allow new ones. So going into why you've specifically chosen Iyengar and what are some of the key fundamental um, nuggets of wisdom that you've received from that? And what is the process of doing those retreats and studying with those teachers?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And I feel that it's important to highlight That I remember I said to one of my teachers, I can't remember who it was. I said, you know, I just feel like I've plateaued, like learning, 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 and and like I'm getting some and then it just plateaued. And I was just like, for, for almost like eight months, just doing the same thing. It was almost like this practice became a repetition in that it almost became mundane. And I wasn't learning anymore. And I had just stalled. And that might've been at, my, at the end of my vinyasa period. So then I was like, and my partner at the time was like, dude, you got to go check out Ashtanga Yoga. I feel like that's your upgrade. And I feel that it comes down to us being open to the universe, to spirit, to God, whatever you, whatever anyone wants to put in front of that word. Because Alec couldn't put his hands to his heart because the word God triggered me 10 years ago. Okay, so that, whatever word feels good for you, put the universe there and be open. We have to be open to the reflections of Bryant the reflections of Andrew, the reflections of this person who is like triggering you (laughs) Ah!" and be open to what comes through. So for me, that was Ashtanga yoga. And then I plateaued. And my my plateau actually came from tearing my shoulder. I tore my shoulder labrum because I was going deep into Ashtanga yoga and I um, I was chasing the yoga asana and I was brinking third series. And then Eddie, because of this podcast, I interviewed him. And I remember on that first interview in June of 2016, tears fell from my eyes because I was staring at a true embodiment of yoga that I sought to become myself. And at the end of that interview, I said, where are you teaching next? How can I be there? I want in. Mm. And I went to Maui with him and that's when I essentially overnight quit Ashtanga yoga and it, took on his body of work, which is very much Iyengar inspired. I don't, I don't go to Iyengar yoga classes. I'm not an Iyengar teacher. I'm studying from Iyengar teachers, Manuso Manos, H.S. Arun, who have both been the teachers who have taught Eddie Modestini, as well as Patabi Joyce, a strongly yoga to Eddie Modestini. And so we I'm studying in this approach because to me, it embodies what Eddie calls self-reliant healing systems. And I love that so much, Brian. I, I love that the yoga for me has gone from chasing, pushing, making something happening to creating a space of surrender with necessary action while learning how to cultivate a skill set, a certain skill set that addresses one's emotional needs, physical needs and spiritual needs on an ever changing daily basis. Right. And so, that's why I practice what I practice right now, man. And this morning, my practice was really simple. It was 30 minutes of pranayama, 20 minutes of meditation and one yoga asana. It was like 75 minutes. And, and that was my practice today. It felt good. It was restorative.
0: That's a beautiful practice. 75 minutes for yourself is great. Um, going into, because you're also an incredible teacher. Like I've seen the videos that you've created. I've heard you speak on clubhouse. Um, and also getting to know you more and more, you have students in places that you teach. Are you creating your own form or is there, like, where is your, do you thrive within structure and find your authenticity within that? Or are you creating something from your experience that is uniquely you as much Mm -hmm. as you're just a vessel for this?
1: Mm -hmm. How does that work? Yeah, it's a great question. I want to be able to teach under the frame of yoga on the inside, I want to be able to support my teachers, Eddie and Kristen, while building something and one day have a studio here in Boulder, Colorado, after all this COVID madness is done, and I've got a little more of my own money in the bank, so I can keep the doors open without having to hustle yoga. Not my intent, and I will not go into an endeavor like that if it ever comes down to hustling a yoga, because that's not what yoga is for. Yoga is <laughs> to surf. It's not to hustle. Totally. And uh, <laughs> this is totally total different. <laughs> Side topic. Yeah. Um, I totally want to be a yoga on the inside teacher. I'm in a teacher training right now. It's my tenth training of these past ten years with Eddie and Kristen to create to create and receive that certification, so I can teach that. And then through that, one day in my own studio, I know that it'll expand into what it's meant to into my own structure and feel. You know, I, I know it will.
0: Just something that comes up. You're yep. saying this is your tenth training in this style. Yeah. Uh, not in this style, not but in okay. the last
1: 10 years, okay. one training per year, the last four years of this
0: work. How many trainings do you need to do to be certified in this style?
1: I mean, just one, but I didn't take another okay. online training last time because I was resistant to doing it online. Um, but there's some perks to it doing it online. And, and also that I was a reason why, you know, I wasn't going to take a training this year. I was not going to do it. I, I was going to break my promise. And then when I thought about it, I was like all right let's get devoted again and do this because i want to hold my promise and i'll get that certification and uh, it'll be great so i've gotten several 200 hours and a 500 hour and i don't i don't i don't, I don't count the hours anymore whatever
0: yeah okay i love that <laughs> yeah. i think that's how it should be i think beginner's mind is the new enlightenment
1: yeah
0: it's wow just every every moment is the miracle um and you, t- you touched my heart last time we spoke, mm. and you talked about yoga being an act of service. Mm. And it sounds, it sounds cliche and obvious, but the way you dove into it was from such deep experience. I would love for you to, to maybe address this for people that are listening right now.
1: Yeah, yoga as an act of service. So I remember when I was practicing at the yoga workshop in Boulder, Colorado, Ashtanga Yoga Days, Richard Freeman, Mary Taylor, Ty Landrum, incredible humans in the world. Oh my god, they're on the podcast. Check their interviews out. When we would walk out of the door, there would be these statements right above the door that said, dot, 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 for the benefit of others, dot, 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 we practice. And I feel that Like my teacher just posed this question recently. Is yoga a lifestyle for you or is it just a hobby, something that you return to every once in a while? Is breath work just a hobby that you return to or is it a lifestyle and to receive the benefits of any kind of practice that is of biohacking, it is of severing the self-limiting beliefs anything that serves ourselves indirectly becomes an act of service to the world our ripple effect is so potent we're electromagnetic beings and when we create the intention to sit within the throne of our own life take ownership for it cultivate a level of interde no but like like this this internavigational system and trusting such it impacts others in a positive and powerful way.
0: Beautiful, you know, you, 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 yeah, that's you with you. That's why I'm here. I'm like totally <laughs> with you on all this. I, uh, I want to touch on this, and to premise it, I know that it's it's so much more in the consistency of the purification methods, but mm-hmm. for the sake of the highs and lows of life, what was the most challenging, difficult experience that you chosen? um, for your evolution and what came
1: through. Well, it's, it's potent that you use that intentional word chosen, right? So April 10th, 2017, I got one of the worst phone calls I've ever gotten in my life. I had just finished six months of traveling in Southeast Asia, three months were in India living with Eddie, studying with a senior Iyengar yoga teacher after studying with Eddie for a month before. And I went traveling for the following three months. And then I landed in LA. I was in Andrew Seely's back house room and uh, it was one in the morning and uh, I got a bad phone call. And one of my best friends had just died suddenly. And uh, my entire friend group was with each other for my buddy's birthday. Him and I share a birthday. Sean Hall and I share an April 7th birthday. So I'm about to be 30 which is awesome. And uh, just got a bad phone call. So I was on the first flight back home. Hadn't been home in six months, 6 AM. Eddie was the first person I called to talk to because I knew that he'd be up. It was four hours before in Hawaii. And um, I remember what he told me. because His whole thing is seeking comfort in discomfort. And I remember with, you know, I was in shock. I was like, what? What? He's like not like physical form anymore? What does that mean? He's dead? I've seen people die, but not like that. I've had people in my life pass, but not like someone I talk to every day, my best friend. And Eddie told me, You don't sink comfort in this. You sit with this. You be with that grief. And we've got poses to be able to serve you. And I'm and then I called my mom, and my mom took me back to Colorado on a a 6am flight. She bought the flight for me and I agreed with my tribe. And so I remember in that first three to five days, I was like, where's my yoga mat? And I was like, Oh my God, I gave my yoga mat to Matt lackey. And he was practicing Ashtanga yoga at the yoga workshop at the time. So I, I go to the yoga workshop. I know the code. It's early in the morning one day, and I, I open the workshop. No one's there. And I go over to the wall and I grab the yoga mat, and I just burst into tears because the last person to step on that mat was Matt. I'm looking at the mat right now. It's right in front of me, in front of my altar, and I practice on it every day. And so it's this long 12 foot Meduka mat, extra thick. And uh, I, um, started the grieving process. And that was one of the hardest experiences that I've gone through because I remember in those first six months of his death, I stopped practicing yoga asana. I stopped meditating for twice a day, 20 minutes a day, which I had been very adamant about for almost five years at the time, four years at the time I'm back on. And uh, I couldn't close my eyes. And in the approach to yoga that i've learned when one is experiencing anxiety, depression, grief, extreme discomfort, it is important to keep the eyes open but not like darting around if you're in shavasana just keeping the eyes open still pointed focus looking up at one point on the ceiling and just keeping your eyes open it's it's a safer experience then closing the eyes and letting all these stories experiences and thoughts flood into the system because it's dark in there and to cultivate comfort in the discomfort sometimes means we just got to be radically uncomfortable so that for me was the hardest experience that yoga has helped me push through adversity in yeah
0: thank you for sharing that So deep on so many levels. Mm. Um, mm. Was this the brother that Reese knew as well? Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, That was was it. Uh, Yeah, Reese was there. Reese was there. He had an important role that day. Mm. We love you, Matt. We love you, Bat Lackey. He's always there. (laughs) One of the most interesting. Appropriate human beings, I know.
0: (laughs) Good, 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 good. good. Oh, man. Um, Okay, so then transitioning uh, and flowing this conversation, moving to the highs, you know, I I feel like you have those moments with your guru, which I commend you for having the um, humility and focus and awareness to dive into because the direct transmission from guru to student, the current and the words is what I – known to be the fastest way to ascension, whatever that means. And is there, was there a moment where you felt that those truth bumps, truth bumps that you referenced from Mm -hmm. the guru, or was there a piece of information that you would like to share or maybe a moment or an eye gaze? Like what, what has that been like um, through your in-depth study
1: with these people? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's interesting. It's like, I know that my two teachers don't consider themselves gurus and I don't, call them gurus however i would call my indian teacher when i've seen him like guruji i'll call him guruji and and or i'll call him arunji and he receives that he's a brahmin he's indian that's that's their culture it's not my culture our culture eddie kristen they don't want to be called that and they're too humble to say this or that however they are senior yoga teachers and for me i feel that the transmission that truly came through, I've said it before and I'll expand upon it, is yoga as a self-reliant healing system. When I really first heard that, I was coming from a system that was more about chasing the yoga asana and getting it done and then moving to the next and moving to the next and moving to the next. And Eddie saw me rushing to level 48 and put the rings on me and pulled me way back to stage zero i remember when he asked me what are your three favorite postures what are your three most important postures and i said handstand foot behind the head and some other arm balance and he looked at me and was like oh boy you my friend having work to do (laughs) and he shut he was like do the pose do it and I did it. And he was like, incorrect. And I was like, what do you mean incorrect? <laughs> I'm 25 at the time. And, uh, you know, it was funny. And then now you ask me what my favorite and most important postures are. It's pyramid pose, parjvotanasana, setu sarvangasana, shoulder, shoulder supported shoulder stand, and and um, Chandrasana, half moon on a chair. And it creates like a standing foundational posture. When I made that shift, Brian, from seeing yoga rather as a destination and tr- but but rather truly embodying what yoga aims to teach us. It is my favorite translation of samadhi enlightenment is absorption. It's creating this inner container of tools and knowing how and when to use them as self-reliant healing systems. So for that transmission of teacher to student teacher to student i love to teach that teach that but then here's the thing i just taught a class in denver it was sold out reese was there i'm so grateful to have been able to teach in denver a live class had to wear masks which was a total bummer but whatever i don't teach popular work it's not a ass-kicking fast vinyasa yoga class it's complex and it is basic But if you really give it the chance, it is hard. And it will challenge you harder, I believe, than a level three vinyasa yoga class, whatever. And so (laughs) to me, I'm like, I went from this space to wanting to be the popular teacher. I did. I, I, I really did. I went from a space of wanting to have tens and hundreds of thousands of followers on social media. And I got that. From a point of this podcast, we have 350,000 listeners and downloads, and it's awesome. We love you, listeners. We love you so much. And for me, I went from this space of wanting to chase it from an ego pride wanting to be seen in the spotlight perspective to then being able to go deeper into myself, go through the death, ego death, and actually losing a best friend to be able to Ask myself, what is important? Why am I spending so much money and so much time studying yoga each day, each year, each moment, each conversation? And when I got clear on that and I learned that transmission, self-reliant healing systems, I was like, all right, this isn't the popular work and the people who want that kind of work to do the deep healing work of what yoga, one great ancient lineage practice in the world can teach will come and they will seek me out to study. They'll seek my teachers out to study. They'll study with me. And it continues. It continues.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is such a perspective shift to hear and to be a part of and to be changed by you. So thank you. Hmm. Um and I'm really excited for this information to continue to get out there for you continue to share your message. Um that being said, we're gonna transition this conversation to a fun little game. Yeah that came to me. yeah it's just gonna be Ask Alec a bunch of random questions so we to know him better. Yeah, and you don't think you just gotta say, Let's go, I'm on All it. Right, ready? Yep. Okay, favorite song.
1: Um pretty lights cold feeling is what the first thing that came to my mind. No, many people Sing don't know. Lot. I saw 36 pretty lights shows in my life.
0: Sing your favorite two lyrics from it.
1: The it doesn't work like that with pretty lights
0: oh no is it just is it just okay i don't know the bed. Okay. Like, okay. like, like
1: it's oh, like it's like i got it's like it's a cold feeling man there's a cold feeling and it's like this this deep inner working it worked me through life and death that song it's powerful i love it wow okay
0: anyways uh favorite food sushi meaning of life love life mm. favorite color green if you're naked where would you be in the world Hawaii. Waterfalls, ocean, or raindrops? Waterfalls. Favorite animal? Monkey. First kiss with who and where?
1: First kiss, first grade with Brooke Roberts. And then I told on her for kissing me. I told Miss Hardesty. You <laughs> told on Brooke? Bless her heart. I know. <laughs>
0: Um, favorite water source?
1: Ooh, in Colorado, an hour and a half from where I live in Boulder is a basin, and between a basin ski resort and Keystone, halfway on the left, there's a water spout, and I go up there every couple weeks with around like I'm looking at my water gallons, like sixty gallons of water, and fill up water, man. Fresh water spring, that's, baby.
0: That's great information for all of us. Thank you. Do you have any tattoos, and if so? Which is your favorite one, and what does it
1: mean? All right. I am doing the appropriate thing and unbuttoning my shirt for the YouTubers who decide to watch this. I have on my back, you see that? Yes. It is the Anahata Chakra, and it's all green with layers of green, and I got it when I was in my first year of practicing yoga, because I was having a disruption in my relationship with my father at the time and not speaking to him for a long time. And I hated him, which was a facet of me hating myself. And when I went into yoga, I remember Amy Harris was teaching the class and I came out of a camel pose, and I watched all my hate my anger, my resentment transform as I came out of camel pose and sat in Virasana Hero's pose. This anger transmuted into acceptance, forgiveness, and love. And I told myself, if I can love and accept my father for who he is, I can love and accept everyone else in this planet for who they are, whether I like them or not, whether I agree with them or not. And that for me, the Anahata unstruck, what that translates to, it, it just like, it was, the, it was the Hanuman for me without knowing that at the time. And I told myself, I just had this profound experience. I felt this orb glowing in my chest. And I was like, I love tattoos. <laughs> I want to get a tattoo of this experience. And I attracted the right artist. And he only charged me like 700 bucks for that beautiful piece and touched it up. And I, I love that back tattoo. So that's my favorite tattoo. And I have four tattoos. Beautiful.
0: That's beautiful, beautiful tattoo. If you could tell the audience one thing they don't know about you,
1: what would it be? Hmm. <clears throat> if I could tell the audience something that they don't know about me, it is that... Okay. So I'm an only child and my favorite color is green, always has been green. However, something that you might not know about me is that I have this vivid experience of being in my mom's womb. And I remember when I was 11 years old, I told my mom, I remember what it was like being in your belly. And uh, I don't remember telling that to my mom when I was 11, but I do remember telling my mom when I was like, seven or six and I had told her then mom I remember what it's like being in your belly everything was green and she tells me that I told her that then and when I was 11 but I don't remember telling her when I was 11 but I remember telling her when I was seven and I have this just Ever since then, the green. I'm just so attracted to all things green. I just love green. And I, 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 so my back is green too. So that's one thing that they might not know about me. And then a fun fact that I don't like to tell people is that I totally pick my nose in public and sometimes will
0: eat it. Eat it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah is that,
1: is, is it,
0: <laughs> oneness, I guess.
1: I um, love, one, <laughs>
0: the pattern that started in fourth grade. It, it just it, never started. I, 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 I
1: don't know.
0: <laughs> I realized how – And I have a fear
1: of things going up my nose other than my fingers.
0: Oh, good. Well, you know what? Andrew has that pinky. pinky Yeah. He, like, opens his notties with, he told me. clears out his ears. I was like, you're a legend.
1: (laughs) I love this game right now.
0: (laughs) It's so good. Okay, another thing. One book that changed your life, what is it and why?
1: How yoga works. I'm looking at my, I forget who it's by, but you just type at Google how yoga works. It's profound. It's a, not a true story, but it's amazing. It's about, have you read it? You're not in your head? No, you haven't. Okay. It's this old tale about this young girl who comes out of Tibet into India when it was very patriarchal based and like women had no freedom at all. And she was traveling by herself with this dog. And she had this book that was covered in palm leaves. And it was Patanjali's Yoga Sutras. And she was well-studied. She gets stopped by this officer, thrown in jail because she was seen guilty for stealing this ancient text. And she has to prove to the warden that she actually knows yoga by teaching him, healing him, helping him heal himself through the pathway of yoga. It's just a profound... Um, book that teaches the yoga sutras in a actual practical living your life day to day basis and how so how yoga works it was one of the first yoga books I read in my first few years and it, it profoundly impacted me.
0: Mm.
1: I will read that. What do you
0: love most on your body?
1: Mm. What I love most on my body is what needs the most attention. And it changes. So right now, I hold my shoulder lovingly because I've had a shoulder injury in the past from snowboarding. And a couple weeks ago, I fell again. And I currently can't go into downward-facing dog without a deep level of pain in my shoulder. And so right now, I'm loving what has pain and uh, where there's um, a leakage. There's a prana leak in my shoulder. And so I'm. I'm this is the body part I love most. That's beautiful.
0: Yeah. yeah so beautiful. That's a wonderful practice, too. I'm going to take that one with me. Thank you. Mm. Um, Oh, there's so many good things coming through. Mm. One thing you wish for this world?
1: Mm. Clean water for everybody. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, I was asked to ask you to laugh for six seconds, so we could all hear your laugh uninhibited. Who asked I that? I just want to hear it actually. <laughs> <laughs> <Stop>. <sighs> <sighs> <Beautiful>. <sighs> <sighs> What's what's the nicest thing you've ever
1: done for someone? The nicest thing I've ever done for someone? <sighs> Being there, I'm going to leave her name disclosed because she doesn't really like attention. Um, it's a dear friend of mine who came into my life through my business, but didn't build the business. And we became dear brothers and sisters. And there has been in the past, a deep wounding on the masculine within her. And she didn't trust men and she definitely didn't trust me, but I felt that I was getting this message that I needed to keep showing up. So for me, what was really important at one time was going to California by myself in the car driving and going to Zion and camping in Moab and then going to our superfood convention in LA. And uh, I was like, okay, well actually spirit's telling me that I need to invite her on this drive with me. Like she's supposed to be there with me. And I really didn't want to do it. And I was fighting, but then like three days before I was like, yo V, do you want to come with me? And to me, that's just standing at her birthdays coming up too in a couple of days. And that's just one of the things that was present to me, one of the nicest things that I've done, because it was also one of the nicest things I did for me. I thought I was doing it for her, but I was also doing it for me because we impacted each other in a really potent way and in, in cultivating brotherhood and sisterhood and showing her what it means to be a good brother, a healthy, balanced masculine that doesn't have an agenda and is just here to be a friend, nothing to prove, nothing to receive or really even give other than presence so that to me is one of the nicest things that i've done that's present for me right now and that's such a interesting question so that was the first thing that came to me and i'd love to ruminate on that more and think about that and actually something else that no no that's enough that's enough that's enough
0: that's good. I love that you you got the download from Spirit and then active from there. I think that's beautiful. There's not really big or small miracles. There's just our connection to like the collective evolution and the highest, highest thought. Mm. So um, everyone in the audience, including myself, we're going to give you some snaps for participating in this game. It's been yes. such a pleasure to get to know you. <laughs> we love you, Alec. Thank you so much for hosting this podcast for all of us. We're so appreciative. Yes, brother. Um, going into the deepest parts of your soul, right? Let's not waste time. If you were to die today and there was beings of light surrounding you and they telepathically ask you a question in this underworld slash heaven experience, and they say, how much did you love? And what did you learn? How would you answer?
1: I'd say that I loved... I loved openly, fierce, and hard with opportunities for where I could learn to allow love to love me a little more. And the lessons that I've learned are... It's important to listen. It's important to be more interested than interesting. Mm. The lesson that I've learned is seemingly against all odds, it all works out. Can you explain
0: that one a little more just because it's so interesting?
1: Yeah. Sometimes it's just like, man, why is this happening to me or, why isn't this thing happening yet to me? <laughs> and uh, when I've had that experience in my own life, and I've gotten back down to the daily intention of whatever it is I have to dive into in a practice or just being present in a conversation, learning from someone else's experience of their own hardship it's like wow okay well like i got made it through that right because I'm, I'm here right now and everything's pretty less right now and i've made it through that hardship so it's like against all odds it, it it does make it it works itself out and trusting that is the lesson you know and trying to have fun with it i wish i could tell like senior year in high school alec that it's all really okay and i guarantee you that 40 year old alec wishes he could tell 30 year old alec like dude enjoy the ride
0: (laughs) (laughs) totally (laughs) totally you know yes (laughs) um, mm, so much wisdom there so much wisdom there and i you know, you're, you're so empowering to others mm. as well, which, is, which I really look for in, in, in a friend. Um, I, f- I feel like this is the age of, you know, hundreds of thousands of leaders and, and masters and people that appreciate and live a joyous life. That's how we're gonna collectively change. It's not gonna just be one person. Um, and what, if you could describe your authenticity and what you're bringing to the table, What are those qualities that you really respect and admire within yourself? And what has been the transition from maybe what we could have perceived as less productive decision-making, you know, maybe like anger, even though we all know it's kind of the spectrum of love, but like anger, sadness, depression, and then how was that transitioned into who you are today or have you always been this type of person?
1: I forgot the first part of the question, but I'll answer that second part of the question real quick. I was definitely not this person that I am right now, always 10 years ago, I couldn't put my hands in front of my heart without being triggered. You know, I, I mean, I, I feel that for me, so much of my consciousness has come from plant medicine, psychedelics and yoga. They've impacted my mind, my heart, my soul and helped me awaken something within. Not saying that that's the pathway for everyone, but that was my pathway. And uh, it took time for me to get to where I am. And I'm still working and still growing. I get triggered. I get reactive. And I'm just quick to naming it. You know, I'm quick to noticing it. I'm quick to acknowledging it. I'm quick to, for the most part, receive feedback. I am such a good student in that way. And that's also how I've... I like how I've risen in my own business. I'm in a mentorship culture that's wrapped in self-development and I couldn't get to where I'm at without being open to feedback from others who are further along a path that I also want to be upon. So Mm -hmm. no, I haven't always been this way and I'm still, I'm not going to be this way in a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, the qualities that I admire in myself at first part of the question I remember now is, um, you know, it might be the combination of being an Aries. (laughs) Either people like love me or they don't like me. And that is fine with me. Like I DGAF, like I'm, I'm really all good. And I also want more love and light and people in my life, but I've stopped caring if people don't like me. Just yesterday, someone reached out to me to tell me that I'm a fake yogi and this and that and wanted to start a fight with me. And I was just like, With love, like, bless off. I don't receive your projection onto me. I don't, I literally don't care. Like, one of my qualities is that I am unshakable. And whether you like me or not, I don't care because I love myself. And I know because I love. Initiate us in that wisdom. Say to yourself, I do not care what others think or say about me whether they believe in me or not because I love myself and I believe in myself and if mm. I wane in that I will go to the mirror and I will look at myself eye to eye I'll get like right up close to it and I will tell myself how much I love myself and how proud of, I, how proud of myself I am if I ever mm. start to wane so that to me is like grit mm grit man and for all Mm -hmm. those business owners out there that are trying to boom and trying to go and trying to launch all those yoga teachers that are trying to get their things started it takes grit and i've learned grit and 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 that's a quality that i love and compassion and playfulness and being open like i love my ability to be in play amongst hardship too And that's when other people can help me too, because I can get pretty serious from time to time. And someone like my beautiful partner, Annie, she's like the most playful human being and sexy yogi that I've always wanted in my life. And she helps create more play for me in my life. It's so beautiful. That's another quality I love about myself. And one more quality that I love about myself, Brian is the clear audience that I have, the, the hearing, the hearing into knowing the clairsentience those two experiences that spirit is channeling through to simply know
0: it's beautiful and clairsentience clear feeling um, i believe that everyone has you know one of the clairs <laughs> yes whatever it is you know um, how have you cultivated your psychic abilities
1: you know, I, I don't, I'm not someone like, I've seen things once before in my life. And that was when I was in ayahuasca ceremony. And I was like, what in tarnation? <laughs> this realm is always there? What? It was insane. It was a totally different story for another time. And that was something that just showed me. I was like, oh my God, like, I've got a gift. That's in a spiritual sense. Like, so I have friends who are like professional psychics and professional, all those things. Like, that's not me. Like, that's not me. I don't, that's, that's not my path. That's not me. And like, I totally adhere. Like, I'm in it. I'm with it. I'm cool. I drink mm-hmm. that. And because I am that. And
0: <laughs> I started to
1: cultivate it when I wanted to ask my guides for help. I said to the universe, I said to my guides, I want to learn this. I want to. Feel deeper. Show me guides, angels. How is it that I may feel? And may you be so kind to welcome this energy into my life. Thank you. Putting my hands out on the top of a mountaintop and waiting until I feel hands come out and reach me and to feel the presence of divine angelic beings around me. I don't ooh, talk like that ooh. a lot. I don't talk like that a lot because I, I don't. I, I, just, I don't. I don't reveal that a lot, and that that that's how I've cultivated that.
0: <laughs> Interesting, like through the secrecy of those experiences and internalizing them and keeping them sacred, in a way. Yeah. Beautiful, um, which connects you to your intuition, which gives you more fuck yeses, and you kind of you know it's like living a yes life is so so powerful because you have the whole universe working through you and to you. Uh, Question, I really enjoy the way you use and. I feel like it's a code. You're always flowing. There's not one but in your sequence. It's like, and this is also the most delicious thing in the world. And and here's how I add more love love to the conversation. Can you give us that download? Because I feel like people can really benefit from that process that you use.
1: Have you ever been in a conversation with, Um, a partner that you know the relationship's about to end maybe when we were younger you know in high school or like in college when like maybe before the entryway into like conscious awareness to the power of your words like so you can ask yourself that maybe yes or no whatever it is for me it came when you know i was breaking i was being broken up with and it was like i love you listing all these great qualities but boom, 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 domino effect. And to me, it's just like, the moment you say all these great things, but this, it negates everything that you just said. And that's why I, I believe that in the power of the but. So it's like, I wanted to create my own intentionality around the power of my words and... I always have space to grow, you know, and uh, man, every time I see the but coming, I just intentionally say, and, and if I do say, but I'll be like, I'll say, blah, 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 blah. But, and I mean to say not, but, and I'll repeat the sentence and, and I'll like bring yes. that into the conversation. I've I've said that on a, on a presentation before I've, I've done that. Cause it's important. And that energy is felt. Yes.
0: Completely, I really feel that when you do it, um, that's a such a good tip for us all. What is um, is there a practice you would like to offer? Maybe a couple minute practice that we could take away. I know you have so much um, beautiful wisdom, but maybe something that can connect us to our hearts. Such a green. Conversation. I
1: love it. I love it. Yes. I want to offer a banda. It's a mudra. So, a banda is a lock of energy, and a mudra is when two points become one and they create this connection. It's not necessarily tapped into. A heart-based practice, however, it is something that I feel helps us bring a greater sense of embodiment and the presence overall. So it's called Jiva Bandha. It is the loop of the soul. It's access to the subtle body. And you can do it whether you're driving, you're sitting, you're doing whatever, you can just take a moment and try this. So separate your let your, your lips be touching but not touching. It's involving the tongue. And let your teeth separate. Just let your tongue rest in the right into where it's just sitting below the lower piece of the lower mandible, the lower jaw. Let the eyes close if you're able to and lift the tongue up. So the tip of the tongue comes to the top two front teeth where it meets the enamel of the gum. So right where the top two front teeth become the, 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 hard part of the gum and lightly apply pressure with the tip of the tongue and see how slowly you can approach the tip of the tongue to create this connection point, this mudra point of two points becoming one. And just witness the connection once it's made. So it softens the jawline on a physical level. On a subtle body level, in meditation, I'll come here while bringing the gaze of the eye to the inside of the head where the pineal gland is going straight in and back. Looking at the bridge of the nose and going straight in and back while cultivating jiva banda. This, this tip of the tongue with the top two front teeth. And the elements lie upon the roof of the mouth. I believe it goes earth, excuse me, air water, earth, fire, ether, along the back palate of the mouth. And as you're ready, you can release your tongue and Soften your jaw and open your eyes if your eyes are closed. And that's that's, a, that's something that I use in yoga asana, in pranayama, in meditation, in conversations that are hard for me. When I'm driving, when I'm bored <laughs> and I want to do something fun, I've had really potent experiences. And at first, when you're doing this with your tongue, your tongue will get really tired after maybe a minute even, or even two or three, culminating up to five minutes with that, your tongue, your mouth will get tired because you're working a different muscle, the tongue muscle. Yeah. And um, it's such a profound, profound mudra point. I love it.
0: It's, it's so funny because it's just like, Alec, can you please show us practice? And you're like, all right, put the tongue to the roof of your mouth. <laughs> it's like that one thing, but the way you dissected it and the, the study and experience that you've had with it has expanded my awareness within that The thing I use every day. I do that practice every day, but not like that, mm. you know? So thank you for that. That's beautiful.
1: And it's so fun where like, I'll just tilt the tongue up and slowly begin to magnetize it to that tip of the point and feel the energy between my tongue and the roof of my mouth it is so fun to me.
0: And then you also said to bring your awareness and your pineal gland, at the tip of your nose, and then move it back into the center. Yeah. Of your
1: head. So it's like I can't. I don't know how to do it with my eyes <laughs> open, but you know, I close the eyes down, top to bottom, and I bring the gaze of my eyes to the center of my head while taking the eyes in and looking in and back with the tip of the tongue. So I've created this pillar point, this 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 yes. golden light of pill the pill, golden pillar of light. On the center line of my plum and plum body, and and I'm just going deep in there at that point.
0: So deep. That's so deep. <laughs> and, cause in, in like in Chinese medicine, like microcosmic orbit, that allows you to run, run your energy in that orbit. Wow. But then like even the subtleties, it's like you're like oof, hmm. oof. Love hmm. that. And that's like through in-depth study, you find these kind of different nuggets of wisdom and um, you know I could sit here and interview all, interview all day I've learned so much and I know everyone oh. is so grateful for you brother. Um, we're gonna finish this conversation with if you had some nuggets of wisdom <laughs> that you could offer us as a closing statement what would they be
1: a golden nugget of wisdom today is to be easy be easy on yourself. Be easy on yourself for nobody wears a sign, not even yourself. You don't wear a sign to show the world how you're doing. And if you need to take that rest day, take it and be welcoming to the energy that comes through with that. Take yourself easy. We're all in, we're all in this together. We're in a global pandemic and we're in this together. It's all going to work out. Mm, Love.
0: The, the Yoga okay. Revealed podcast.
1: Um. <laughs> the honorary co-host, Brian <laughs> Wood.
0: <laughs> I, I I commit to coming on once a year and interviewing you. Just letting you know, <laughs>
1: let's it's go. Next time it's, it's in person.
0: <laughs> yeah, i <have> great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, brother. Your absolute pleasure. There's so much there. It's so just cool. endless, endless. <laughs> thank you so much I know Mm. namaste namaste and that is all for the yoga revealed podcast today just deep gratitude for Alec and Andrew for creating such a sacred space and so much love to everyone that is listening right now if you have any questions please feel free to reach out to Alec on Instagram at aleclovelifeyoga or myself bryant.give and we would love it if you could share this with your friends, your family, or on your social channels to show some support. We're pouring our whole heart into every single moment, and we're so appreciative to create this community and bring you along with us on this journey. We're so much stronger together. And one thing I would love to vibrate into the space is, when you see the light inside, you see clearly. I love you, blessings.